So, all right, well, let's just get right into the word. Matt opened us up in prayer today, and we're going to start. We're going to go right to the beginning, Genesis 1. Like, yeah, I said the beginning. Because you guys know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So you know what? What he spoke to us in Genesis, he's still doing today. Um, So I'm going to be in Genesis 1, and I'm going to start in verse 26. If you are wanting to be with me, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky over the livestock and all of the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in numbers. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give everything, every green plant of food. And so it was. God gave us a lot. Do you guys know that like everything is everything? And I love in there when when God was talking, he said, he chose to make us like him. He chose that. He chose us to make us like him, to give us everything. Christmas is coming up. I have a problem. Is I love spoiling my children. One year I had so much stuff when they were little, they were like, Mom, stop it. We can't see the tree. Like one year, it was really bad. And Matt's like, stop. (laughs) That's why we have 23 trees in our house. Working towards 50, you guys. Hey, only three of them are full size that are six feet or over. Only three. Every room, including our bathroom. Our bathroom has six trees in it, you guys. I I think that might be a little obsessive, right? I don't know, though. So at Christmas, I want to spoil my kids. I want to give them everything. Like, they're like, I want this. I'm like, I will go without food. I want to give you this. You just, I love giving gifts. I love wrapping them. I'm like, I don't care. I want to go buy them like 100 things for a dollar just so I can wrap 100 things and watch them for like an hour. Be like, wow, wow. You know what I mean? Do you guys ever do that? Like, buy your kids crap just so that you can see them open it and they like it. But you're like, it's from the dollar store. Dollar Tree, I love you. So um, it's just exciting. You just want to give them everything. Like, they're like, I like this, and you're like, I want to give that to you. They're like, I'd like to go here. Like, I want to take you because you love them, right? And when they want something, you want to give that to them because you just love them. And God did that for us. He's like, you know, I don't want to just give you, you know, this teeny little garden. I want to give you everything. You even get to name every animal. You get to do all of this stuff. He said, I want you to have everything. So how much we get excited when we have children and we want to do that for them You know, God created us, and he said, I'm going to give you everything, and not just little gifts. He's giving us everything he created. That's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I don't even, just the animals alone, like getting to name those. I mean, I probably would have named them other things. (laughs) Spotted tall horse, maybe, for a giraffe. I don't know. (laughs) 
we've named him other things. But, you know, it's just funny to think about that God gave us everything. And so I'm going to go back into words. So we talked, God created us like him, and he gave us everything. And in Genesis 2, 15, uh, where am I? It says, the Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat anything from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Whew, that's a little heavy. (laughs) So God loved Adam and Eve so much that he even gave them he put that tree there specifically so that they could still have choice. You know, there's no, you know, when you're getting in trouble and you're, you're, you're yelling at kids, like, do you want to be grounded or do you want to spank? And both of those things are bad. Nobody wants either of those, right? So if God didn't give us choice, that'd be like what he was doing. We wouldn't even know what is good and what is it. He was saying, I want to give you choice. I don't want you to be forced to love me, to be forced to choose me, to be forced to have a relationship. He's like, I still want there to be choice. And so he, he put something very simple in the garden. He gave a basic instruction. One rule, right? Just everything. I will give you everything. Just don't do that. Just, you know, it's, you can if you want to, but I'm just letting you know it's just not going to work out the way you think. Because he wanted to give him that free will still. So God gave just one basic instruction. You guys, by the time that Jesus came to this earth, there was like 638 laws. God's like, just don't do this one thing. If you don't do this one thing, it will be good. He said, you can have everything. But as soon as you say don't, it's like that's the thing you want, right? So God said, don't do that. So in Genesis 3, now we meet the enemy. We meet the serpent. It says in Genesis 3, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had, God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the tree in the garden, but God said you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You see how Eve, actually she put that in there. God never said that. They could have climbed that tree. They could have done whatever they wanted. He didn't say that. So there was the first deception that the enemy comes in and starts talking about, about this. And so the enemy's like, you will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it so he heard what the he heard what the serpent was saying too so we can't just it's not man man and woman both made this choice when i look in there what what the what the enemy did is he began to assassinate God's character of who God was. He put lies in there that God is withholding something from you. Look, you know, he didn't really give you everything because he's saying don't have this. He's taking something from you. He's, you know, he's trying to keep you. He, he doesn't want you to be like him. But what did God say in the very first chapter of Genesis? You created in my image. You were already like him. We were already created like him. 
But the enemy comes in and says, well, God doesn't want you to be like him. You better eat this. You better do this because he, he was trying to convince them that they weren't already like God because he wasn't like God. So they believed this lie, but God had already said, I made you in my image, and then I gave you everything that I have created. But man, a little bit of deception comes in there, and they forgot. They forgot what God says. And they, so when they ate this, they believed that lie about God, that God was with, like, holding back from them, that he was keeping something from them, that he just didn't want, you know, if you've had a teenager, I mean, not my teenagers, they're pretty amazing, I love them so much, but some people say that when they have teenagers, you know, they get this teenage angst, and they're like, I don't want to be here, you're so mean to me, you're terrible, I hate you, you just never let me have fun. Yeah, I don't want you to go out and drink and get in an accident and die. Yeah, such a terrible parent, right? I mean, some people have been through that, but, and we look at that, and that's kind of how they were, they were acting towards that Satan was saying like God was. Well, you just don't want me to have fun. You don't want me to know what, what you know. You don't really want me to be like you. That's what he was convincing them and, and trying to get them to think, if you eat this tree, then you'll really be like God. He was just holding out on you. And they forgot that they were already made in his image. They were already like him. And when they ate of it, they, became, they got into this like self-preservation mode, and it was all about them. I want to know. I want it for me. You know, why didn't God say we could have this? What is he holding back from us? And in eating that and doing so, they invited sin into their life. God did not put that curse on them. You know, God did not force them. Even the enemy didn't force them. They chose that. They brought sin into their lives, and they brought some pretty harsh consequences along with it. That was their choice. It wasn't. Nobody made them do it. Really, no one can make you do anything. <laughs> if you've had a two-year-old, you know that. <laughs> oh, so much fun. And so some of the consequences they got, the first thing we really saw is shame. They realized they were naked. They didn't know. You know, kind of like when you're a little kid. Little kids do not know that nudity is not accepted in public. You know, they... You never know when that's going to happen. I have seen things in stores and places, and I'm like, I feel for that, Mom. <laughs> so they didn't even know. So it's kind of like that they, and, and then all of a sudden, they realized that as soon as they had that, they had, they had the good and the bad, the knowledge of the things God was protecting them from. Now they had knowledge, and they had shame come in, and they realized they were naked. And the Hebrew word for shame is actually disappointed. And so what really happened is they were disappointed because they thought they were going to receive something by doing that, by rebelling against God and eating that, and it, they didn't get what they thought they got. They got, they got woke to some pretty negative things in their life, didn't they? And they thought they were going to be like God and be able to create and do all of this stuff. And so um, they were disappointed. God had been protecting them, and they didn't realize it. And now they realized it. Now they realize everything they knew all the goodness of God, but now their eyes were open also to the pain and shame and, and deception of, of the enemy. And because, because they didn't repent right then, what did they do? They went and, let me sew some fig leaves together. How did you know how to sew? <laughs> and because, I, mean, I don't know how to sew. I might be able to put a button on or sew up a hole, but my mom, you know, she sews stuff. She used to make us pajamas, everything. 
I can't do any of that. So, I mean, that's a gift from the Lord if you can sow. So, and because they didn't repent, they made excuses and they stayed in that painful place of being exposed. Man, sin has that way of shattering our confidence and our trust and makes us think something is wrong or bad about us. You ever see people like talking and you think they must be talking about me and you know because maybe you did something or like if someone if you did something to someone and all of a sudden they're talking to someone you think oh my gosh they must know what I did they must know what I said right because that's what sin does it starts to c- it starts to make us feel bad or, or wrong about ourselves and it makes us begin to disconnect from God that's what Adam and Eve did I have to hide from God and they began to hide you know and that we do that with with God we do that with others like my life's kind of messy so I got to just get away from God I got to get away from people who love me I got to get away from church I got to get away from family I got to get away from the word of God because when I read it it brings conviction into my life because God wants something better for me that's what happened right there God didn't do it that just happens you know when when we don't have repentance that's what happens and we begin to to push away from the things of God in Genesis um it says then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he walked into the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden he's God so I don't know what they're thinking but the Lord God called to the man and said where are you he knew where he was he answered I heard you in the garden I was afraid because I was naked so I hid and then he asked again who told you that you were naked Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, That woman you put me (laughs) here with, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. So first we got shame and now we got blame. When the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust in all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. He's talking about Jesus. There's the first mention of Jesus right there. Talking about Jesus. He will, you will crush his head, and you will bruise his heel. So even though they had sinned, even though they had done that, and they lied, and now they had shame and blame and all of this, God immediately gave them a way for restoration right there. No matter what decision they made in that moment, whether they chose to keep running from God or or hiding from God, God still made a choice right there to bring them back. Could you hand me a Kleenex, Matt, please, under your seat? Um, (laughs) I know, sorry. I lost my spot now. He didn't put the shame. He didn't put the punishment. He didn't try to scare them. He came there and just asked them questions. But when you've done something wrong, when your parents are like, where have you been? They're not yelling at you, right? Hey, just wondering. Yeah. God was just asking them questions. Did you, you know... Did you get into all of the snack cakes and go into the pantry and eat them? Just wondering. 
no. God was just asking. He already knew, just like we know at times. We're asking our kids because we're giving them an opportunity to bring back relationship with us. We want to connect with our kids. We don't want to yell at them and punish them, right? We're giving them the opportunity to say, you know what, bring back truth. Tell me what's going on, and we can fix this. That's what God did. He already knew that they ate of the tree, you know. He knew where they were. He's God. He's omnipresent. He's not like, oh, I didn't see you behind that tree. He's God. He was giving them the opportunity because his love is so great for us that he didn't want to just be like, that's it, one and done, you're out of here. He didn't want to do that, did he? Adam and Eve brought that in when they sinned, and they fell into the spiritual darkness through believing the lie that God was keeping something from them. God put them in that spot. God, you know, made them. And they they disconnected themselves from God. And then pride and shame and blame kept them from cleaning up this mess. So now they have this huge mess. And God asked them multiple questions, and they had multiple times just to be like, God, I'm so sorry, I love you. You know, but they didn't. They didn't want to repent. The moment they betrayed their hearts and refused to listen to the voice of God, they opened the door to shame and deception. The moment they did that. God already told them, hey, you can do any of this, just don't do that. And they refused to listen to the voice of God. And when God asked them questions, they refused to listen to him. Really, it's all about, they didn't listen to the voice of God. God is not worried about sin. He can clean that up. He did it in one, you know, Jesus is coming. Don't worry, I've got this. Now on your side, you just have to accept it. God was not worried. He wasn't like, how am I going to clean this mess up? Oh my gosh, this is just too much overwhelming. God was not worried at all. He didn't sound worried. Someone that's worried doesn't be like, hey, where you at, buddy? Just wondering. No, you right? God was not worried. They clung to that shame and that, that disconnect and blame instead of being like, hey, God, uh, we did a thing. And it's not what we expected. And we love you and we're sorry. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sometimes we just have to, we have to start somewhere. And repentance would have immediately changed the course. You ever just, when you say, I've had, I've actually had this happen at church. I've had, you know, sometimes you guys know that we're people and sometimes we hurt people. Sometimes not even, like I might have not liked, I've had people mad at me because maybe I didn't like their Facebook or something like that. Or they thought I was ignoring them or, you know what I mean? And you didn't mean to, you're just like, tunnel vision sometimes or and I had um this happened to me twice in church that people actually came here to tell me off and to tell me you hurt me and I look at that and what God always God always goes before me because you listen to the voice of the Lord the Lord's like I want you to go up to them and tell them how great they are and give them a hug and both times I did that and I didn't know till after the reason they were here because God brought in, and, and, and things I add to all the time is, if it's someone I haven't seen in a while, I'll say, you know, if I ever did something to you that hurt you, I'm really sorry, because sometimes I just don't even know. Boom. Takes the wind out of their sails, doesn't it? Because God knows that. He's so good. And just repentance, saying, I'm sorry, I love you. That changed the course of what happened. 
And I think we can do that. And that's what God was looking for. It's like repentance is super easy. You could have changed the course of where you went. You wouldn't have had to wear itchy fig leaves. But God said, you know, he asked questions. He gave him so many opportunities. Do you ever do that with your kids? Okay, kids that come to my house, what is the rule? Do not lie to me. You can, you can, you can be in a really bad mess. You've, you can make really bad choices. You can shoot me in the face <laughs> with a Nerf gun. You can scare me and almost make me fall through a window. true stories um you can do all those things you can even knock over my um my rock collection that was from my grandma i may cry a lot and scare you but you know what it still works out but don't you don't lie because that's what adam and eve did and it changed the entire course right because we can clean up something if you're truthful we can work through it you can bring love back into that situation but how do you bring into something that isn't even a real, that has a false perception because it's what you're saying is not true? So he gave him questions. He gave him opportunities to repent. They lied. They blamed. And God said, if you want to live like that, then you have to take what goes with it. God's like, I'm not giving this. You're choosing. If you want to keep, I've asked you these questions. I've given you the opportunity. If you want, you're going to have to take what goes with it. And he said to Adam, he said, you know what? It's going to be really hard. You're going to have to work your life away. You're going to have to toil the land. You know, everything you get is going to be hard. And in verse 17 in that chapter, it says, Cursed is the ground because of you. Talking to Adam. God didn't curse the ground. Who cursed the ground? Adam. He chose that. But sometimes we're like, God just curses us, and he's just this God up there with lightning bolts, pew, 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 just <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Guys. Uh, that, but it's not, right? But the enemy has made us think that. God did this to me. God caused this. No, you caused this. You chose this. So when God, and then God, so after that happened, God's like, he slaughtered animals so that they could have um, skins, to sew together that were comfortable to wear. So he's like, you know what? I gave you these animals to take care of. And now I have to, I'm slaughtering them for you so that you can have comfort. I mean, if it was something that was your prized possession that you were in charge of, I'd be like, well, wait a minute. How do we fix this? I'm supposed to be taking care of these. But they didn't because it was about who? Them. I got to feel better. I don't know what to do. I can't, you know what? I, I, feel, I feel ashamed. And, and they kept lying. And so God did that. And then God, God said, the, the biggest thing he did is his love for them was so great. He said, I hate to do this, but you need to leave this garden. Because if you eat from the tree of life, you are going to have to live and feel the shame forever. How much love is that? God said, if you eat from the tree of life, you're going to feel like how you feel right now, all this pain and this blame and all this going on, you're going to have to live like that forever. So God had to, he had to kick them out of the garden because he loved them so much. We think he did it because he wanted to punish them. God never created punishment. He never intended to punish us, ever. And they clung to that. And they further distanced themselves from God. And every time I look at that, there are so many 
steps. So many opportunities they did not take. It shows you how powerful punishment is, doesn't it? I mean, there's things that I still don't do in my life. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble for them because I got in trouble. You know what I mean? I'm an adult, and once in a while I have a glass of wine, I'll go out to dinner, and I'll be like, should I be doing this? Like, like am I old enough? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and, I, and I've never been drunk in my life or anything like that. You know, I follow God's word in that for me. But I still have that because, like, my parents are like, bad things are going to happen. You're going to die. And I saw, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to jail. You know? I saw this thing on this, um, oh, gosh, it was a comedian. And he's like, you ever go to the airport? And they're like, do you have any drugs on you? You're like, I don't know. And you're like, did, did, I, put, did I put some heroin in my bag? <laughs> do I? Like, do you ever get scared? Every time you go to the airport, they're like, do you have any weapons or drugs? You're like, did I slip and fall on some drugs and it's all over me? I don't know what's happened. Like, you get this fear. Because we, and that's kind of how that goes. That we just distance ourselves and, and we begin to live in this, like, this punishment module that, that, we always think we're doing something wrong. We must be doing something wrong. We're bad. We're not good enough. We have to keep doing things so that we can almost be good enough. And God's like, that's not from me. He did not create that. That's not what he wanted. Never created punishment for us. And so he, repay, he created repentance. But without repentance, we can't have reconciliation and we can't have restoration. Repentance is instant. God, I did this. I'm sorry. I love you. Forgive me. And God says, got it. You're forgiven. Reconciliation is instant. God, I'm far from you. And God's like, now you're close to me. But restoration, that can take some time. So sometimes we don't feel like, God, I said I'm sorry. And I, I, I feel your presence. But that restoration takes time sometimes because we have that mindset that have to be reset from that lie or that sin that we brought into brought into you know the circumstance so two two of those things repentance and reconciliation you can do immediately let your pride fall down and just be like you know there was times I, I had to learn that and I was like I am sorry I am sorry you know and I don't want to be but I'm like I don't care how I feel I'm going to choose you know, and then it gets easier. The more you say it, the more that you run back to God, the more you're transparent with your life with him, the easier it gets. True story. So, in all of the things that God was saying, like this is going to be hard and this is going to go on, all this, he was just explaining to him what life would be like without repentance. He wasn't trying to curse them. He was saying cursing will come because that is what happens when you choose that. It was their choices, their beliefs that did get that. God just had to release them to that because he was not going to control them. He was not going to make them like a robot or a puppet. He doesn't do that to us. They chose it. They chose punishment because God is good. He is good. He never wanted to punish us. They brought that on themselves. They believed Satan over God. Satan made them doubt God's character. When, sometimes when we're going through difficult seasons, we start to doubt God's character. Is God really good? Well, I'm going through this. This person's sick. They died. Is God good? 
You know, I don't have enough at the end of the month. You know, we're struggling. Is God good? You know, I feel alone. Is God good? And we start, and the enemy starts coming in, and we start entertaining thoughts that God does those things to us. And we start to think, God, where are you? And the whole time he's like, I am right here. I am right here. God is good. We don't always understand it, and we can't because we're not God. We're like God, but God is God. I didn't know if you guys knew that, but God is God. We're not God. Sometimes we try to pick that mantle up. It doesn't work so well. Um, and we don't always understand why things happen, why, this, why God did it this way, why didn't he do it this way? Because sometimes we think we're smarter than God and you think, oh, I would have done it like this. Well, you're not God. But he never wanted to have punishment towards us. We chose that. It's kind of like your child's like, do you want to apologize and clean up this mess or do you want to spank in? Adam and Eve chose that spanking. God's like, I don't want to do that. I just want to clean this up. I, it, it, it's fine. We got this. But they chose that. They chose it. Because God says in Psalms that he is good. It says, good and upright is the Lord. He's good. He's always upright. And I love what it says in James 1.17. It says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from us, from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. It says, whatever is good and perfect is from the Lord. It doesn't say, and also all these negative things. It just says whatever good and is perfect is from God. He is good. We, we can change any negative or destructive course we're on in an instant. Do you guys know that? People, we can change things that are going not so good in our lives. Through repentance. Super easy. Sorry, forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. You know, used to be do you guys know that sometimes me and Matt argue? And it used to be like days, like you're like, I'm not going to say sorry to him, and I'm going to do this. And pretty soon now it's like, blah, 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 blah. I just mouth vomited all this stuff, and then it's like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm dumb. Was not acting like the Lord. And he's like, I'm sorry. I was dumber. <laughs> I was not acting like the Lord. You know, it, it's more immediate because we realize to change the course. Like, if we kept all of these scores and we were angry and angry, it would cause destruction in our marriage. We wouldn't have made it almost 20 years now. You are so lucky that you have a wife that's 29 years old. I don't know how that worked, but when I was 19 when I got married, magic. But we can change that through repentance. We can change um, we don't have to hold on to bitterness, and we don't have to hold on to all of those things. God's like, just repent. It's easy. And you know what God always says to you? Of course, I love you. You're my greatest creation. He wants to pour out those blessings. He's going to be like, yes, that's, I love you. Come back in. Don't run from me. Don't hide from me. I've got answers for you. I love you. And we start to course correct, and we just begin to start to restore that connection with God, with other people. And God knows the exact way to do that. Like maybe the way that he did it for someone else, he does it different for you. But he knows what you need in every circumstance, you know, to, to live in the fullness, to live in his blessing. And we need to talk to him. Not just when we're at church, talk to him all the time. I spend like, 
you know, I'll just be doing something. The other, I was driving my car in Muskegon, and, and this song came on. You guys know that song, Don't, I Can't Help Falling in Love. I love it, and God said, and, and I was listening to it, and God said, that's how I feel about you. I can't help falling in love with you. You're amazing. I don't care what anyone thinks. And then he started telling me all the things that he loved about me, and I thought, God, you can use anything. And he's like, I'm so glad I created you. But he, the, the way he was talking to me, he, he was going to talk to you that same way. So we need to talk to God. And so I began to talk to him. And that's what prayer is. And then I began to look in his word what God said about me. And any of you guys that have youth this week, they're starting to learn their true identity in Christ. And um, speaking things over themselves. Not what people have said about them or teachers or, you know, even sometimes parents or siblings. You know, that can be rough. Um, <laughs> the more you have, the more you um, But we're saying that your true identity is what God says about you. And so if we look in his word, it's full of wisdom, and it brings life back to that situation. So you think, how can this ever be fixed? This is unbreakable. This is beyond fixable. Have you guys ever been there with something? You're like, how are you going to fix this? Sometimes with finances, you're like, I know math. Nothing plus nothing. Still nothing. <laughs> right? But then at the end of the month, you're like, like I got through this or you think you know it's too late I made too many bad choices with my kids no you didn't are they still on this earth are they still breathing the most important thing it is is not obedience the important thing is, is to love your children and bring connection back right no matter what it takes no one is too far nothing is too hard for God so when we, bring, when we bring repentance, God will bring restoration into our life. Because in Psalms it says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. He's good to all. He doesn't want, he doesn't want bad for anybody. If there's negative things going on in our life, sometimes that's because we chose it, or we live in a fallen world. You know, the enemy is still going around like that, that like that lion trying to scare us and, and rob from us. It says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what's going on. God's not doing that. God said, he's, I'm going to give you life and all of its abundance. We've got to remember that when things are going on, that the Lord is good to all. He is tender, and his mercies are over all his works. He's tender. He's not harsh. He's not raging from the clouds with lightning bolts. It's not who he is not his character and the more you read God's word the more you'll see that maybe you've watched TV and that's how they've made God be but in his word he's not like that that's not his character don't let shame and blame and deception come in and make a mess of your soul shame is kind of like this powerful tool that the enemy uses to kind of keep you separated from people. It's like if people knew what was going on in my life. I know growing up in my home, growing up in an abusive home, you're like, I can't tell anybody. I can't tell people what's going on. I can't tell teachers. I can't, you know, you just got to live through that. And really what God was saying is, no, I do want, you know what? And, and as I got older and I realized that and I thought, God, you let the shame because I thought everyone's life was good. You know what I mean? Everyone's going to school. The kids look great. They're perfect. They're happy. You know, I'm sitting over here with my hot lunch, <laughs> just sitting and thinking. 
but God let that shame like yours is the, or the enemy let that shame like yours is the only family that's like this. Your family's messed up. Your family is bad. You're bad. Why, you know what? Don't let anybody know about that. And shame disconnected me from people. It disconnected me from God. You know, because when you're at church and this is going on and like you're not, you can't tell anybody. No one's praying for you. Everyone's like, oh, look at that great family. And that's what shame did. And then you begin to, and, and then we put blame, like, why didn't anyone help me? All these things. And we start to believe what the enemy has put in our life instead of what God is doing. Choose repentance. God's going to bring restoration. You choose it. God will walk it with you every single time. He's not going to go, well, not today. I'm not going to do that for you today. Every time you choose repentance, God has a way to bring you back to his heart. That's the, whole, that's the only reason he created us was to have connection with us. That's it. He loves us so much. He's not worried about you messing up. He's actually not worried about anything. We get that from the enemy, right? God didn't create worry for us. God loves us, and he's like, you know, from the beginning, I want you, don't listen to what the enemy says. Know my character. His character is all over this word. If you're in it, you'll know it. Know his character because his character is for you. His character is always good. He gives good things. He wants blessing and he wants to give you everything. He wants, he said, I want you to co-rule and reign with me. I mean, if I'm in a kingdom, that'd be great to be at the top ruling and reigning, right? Wouldn't you like to have all of your needs met? You know, you ever see, you ever see, you know, a queen or king going without food? No. Why everyone else is starving, they're not, are they? So I, w- I want to be with the king. And you know what? God said, I made a way. I sent Jesus. So if you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I have that connection with the Lord. We're just going to take a minute. We're going to pray. Because I w- if you don't know, I want you to be introduced to the I want you to be introduced to Jesus. So let's just close our eyes. We're just going to pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are a good God. You give us good things. You give us everything. But most of all, you gave us Jesus. And Lord, right now, if we don't understand repentance, if we don't understand, you know, restoration and reconciliation to you, we just, right now, each person in here, Lord, just tug on their heart. Just give them that know that you want them, that you love them, that you have all good things for them. All they need to do is just right now open their heart and say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. So we just thank you for anyone that in that moment did that, that they now are in the kingdom with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you that they are in line to rule and reign in the most high authority, the most powerful, loving, true God. So we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.